Salutations, greetings, and welcome to you all. This is When Highbury Was Home, a Loud Booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us today on episode 7, where we can be happy. <laughs> we can be relieved as well as Arsenal fans, because we finally got that monkey off our back, you know, winning at Old Trafford. We hadn't won at Old Trafford in ages, and it was one of those things where mentally it was getting to us as plans and if it was getting to us as fans you can realize that it's probably getting to the players too it's in the psyche of the players it's in the psyche of the coaching staff and just the mood around the whole place changes every time we think okay we're preparing for man united we're preparing for man city we're preparing for liverpool preparing for tottenham we're preparing for chelsea now all of that changes right because we had seen ourselves start to get results against these opponents you know some of them we got them at wembley some we got them at home even the season when we went away to liverpool went away to city it's like you know, in a in a different setting, if we're a little bit better, some of those decisions maybe don't affect us the way they did. You know, some of those little incidents in the game. And it was one of those games where it was nice to see at Old Trafford things going our way, right? Approaching the game with the right energy, the right mentality, and the team just being on it from minute one. The energy was different. You could tell, I mean, for us going into the game, apologies again for not getting the preview out. We had some technical difficulties and we just figured by the time we're about to put it out, it's as the game is starting, saying, no, you know what, let's just recap the game in totality and just decompress and take it from there, learn from those lessons. And the energy was just there, right? I was even feeling positive with that. Like, you know, we ain't getting the part out, but I feel confident in the result. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm confident in us getting the result because I'm confident in what we're doing as a football club. I'm confident in what Mikel Ateta is building. I'm confident in what the players are starting to understand and what the players are starting to give out as a result of that. Because a lot of this is, these places, I mean, they've been poor. Some of them have been here for about five, six years. They've been poor for that time, yet it's not like they've wanted to be poor. We've seen them in times when they had a chance to give it a go, they'd give it a go. That's how we got those FA Cups, you know? When they'd have a chance to get something, they'd give it a go, yet that consistency wasn't there. So for a 38-game league season, it was always tough for them to maintain a consistency that would see them win 25, 28 games, you know? Now you're seeing it starting to get the way. If the minimum is just that, start to be able to win a 25 to 28 games in a, in a league season, then we can improve to that mark where we can win 31, 32 games. And then... That's championship conversation, you know? So now after this game, I feel we've learned lessons from the, the City result, from the Liverpool result. More especially, I feel we learned lessons from the Leicester game. Where everything we did, like literally everything Leicester did against that, we've spoken about that. I think we felt, I felt we had done it against, against Vienna in a more complex sense where, you know, we got there, got the result, and then we started to play differently. This was a textbook where in the Premier League to play away from home. The same way Leicester came to us, and they found their way within the system to sit back and hit us on the break, right? Our plan was, listen, we'll play on the front foot, get our goal, and then we can play on the count. And I think the plan was maybe to hit them early, and we had chances early, right? We had chances early where you started to look at it like, and be like, listen, if we don't convert here, and I heard a lot of people talking about that because I was also tuned into the, to the live watch-alongs and some of the chats online and was like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm rebuking all of that when you're saying, hey, man, if we don't take these chances, we're going to rule them. I'm like, no, we won't, you know, because it's the energy that's different. Normally, yes, we'd have those chances. First 15 minutes would blow a team apart. They would get their composure, hit us with one, hit us with two, and then we're the ones who are, you know, fragile. I felt that was never going to happen in this game just based off of how we approached it. Tactically, how we approached it. Personnel-wise, how we approached it. You know? And that's important to have because now that energy within the place changes. 
You know, because coming into the game, we're literally having a conversation and we're like, okay, we've literally won five league titles in the last 40 years and we've only beaten United five times away in the last 40 years. And what's crazy is at the start of the game, it's probably one of those things where if you were smart, you should have just bet on it because as the game wore on, I was like, now we're going to beat them one now. And I was confident that knowing every other time we've beaten them in 85 and 1990 and 98 and 02 and 06, we've beaten them one now. Every time we've beaten them away from home in the last 40 years, we've beaten them 1-0. And it's cool because it shows that we still have that wherewithal about us. You still have that 1-0 to the Arsenal about you, although we created a lot of chances, Wenger-esque, right? Where we, we even missed a couple of chances, Wenger-esque, that we should have converted. And I think the Mikel, the Mikel era will be in the middle of that, you know, where we can defensively be so sound, create a lot of chances and convert a couple and then we can change our tactical outlook. And in games like this, we can actually win 3-4-0, having scored our goals in the first half. You know, two goals in the first half, kill off the game. When they try to get us in the second half, we get a third, we get a fourth. That was the energy I was feeling at the start of the game. I think I would probably win 3-1. You know, that was my prediction for the game because I felt that type of energy. You know, we'll hit them early because we'll create chances. All we got to do is convert. And Mandem, you know, there's less pressure playing without the fans. And now you go into a place where you know what the pressure would be like if the fans were here. Never mind the pressure from the... Because Mandem was saying before the game, right? You know the fans ain't going to be loud until they score. Yet our fans are going to be very loud until we concede. And then they're going to be disgruntled. And the loudness will change. You know what I'm saying? We'll be like, mm, mm, ah, you know. So it's like, okay. The Mandem had an energy about them. Where as we were watching the game as well, it was optimism. There was hope, bro. And I like that because... Now it has been 14 years since we beat United away, right? And we got that result. <laughs> we got that result and we got the monkey off our back, bro. And it changes a lot of things because how we got it is also very important. There was just a note that I wanted to get to where it was in Fergie's first game against Arsenal where they got some decisions that went their way. They beat us 2-0. That was in 87, right? Rest in peace, Rocky Roca, so he was getting kicked around, finally starts to retaliate, and the referee sends him off. And it was one of those things where you look and be like, okay, George Tyson is probably in that time the archetype of what we as Arsenal fans feel that English referees and British referees are, especially as it pertains to that dynamic between Arsenal and other teams that they may see as more elite than us, right? And rightfully so, because those teams were winning more than us. Now we've gotten to a place where there's a chance to get some parity and to get our respect back. And it starts in how we are playing and how we build to play, right? And this game was telling in that way. Before the game, I did not want to check who the referee was. Even on a pre-match notes, I was like, I don't want to know who the referee is because it's going to change my energy for the game. I don't want to change my energy for the game because I want to keep this positive energy. When the game is starting and you realize it's Mike Dean, I was like, this could go one or two ways. You know what I'm saying? This could be one of those games where we as Arsenal fans are going to come out and have to say we will cost the game by the referee because some decisions will go against us and our players maybe will not react, you know, in a positive way. And in a sense, it will appear as if the referee cost us the game. When in reality, we cost ourselves the game by depending on the referee to ref the game a certain way for us to win. You need to perform. It's not about how the referee calls the game. You know what I'm saying? The referee can send off two of your guys and you guys still score three goals. You win the game. It'll be a tougher game because it'll be less space to play, but when you're the better team and you're playing like the better team, it doesn't matter what refereeing decisions go against you. And in this game, bro, it was telling that in Mikel's first full season as Arsenal manager, he's almost got to a point where he's got that respect, I feel, from the refereeing caucus where they ref this game clean, where it was fair, it was a rivalry game, you know what I'm saying? Cool, I will one, two, three challenges early. I, right, you want two, three warnings. I, right, yellow cards were coming out, you know what I'm saying? 
in the first, but in the by the time we hit the twenty sixth minute, Gabrielle and holding one yellows. I don't know what time Fred got his. I wasn't checking for that, but I was watching for that and thinking shit. Normally, this is pull out the substitutions time, and it's going to fuck up our whole defensive strategy because we don't have center backs who are fit, and we got two of them on yellows. It felt like conspiracy theory time, real talk. Like, shit, you can see the yellows were yellows, but are they really yellows? They're borderline, you know, and you can feel like, okay, cool. Now we have to play the rest of this game on this. Now it's down to the players because I know the ref is probably going to be a dickhead if he gets a chance to be a dickhead. Let's, let's not give him an opportunity to do that to us. And they did, and like Holders played a beautiful game. Like Gabrielle, oh my goodness, immense performance, colossal yet again, bro. As a result of that, as a result of knowing the situation, knowing where you are, knowing who you are, knowing what you represent. Shout out to Rocky Rollcastle again. We love you, King. That's what it was. I saw Mandem who embodying what it is to be Arsenal. And that's what we need, bro, because that energy is effusive. It changes everything around the football club. When they get back into training tomorrow, there's going to be a different energy around Mandem there. Like, you know what? When we look at our run of games, when we looked at it before this, thinking, hey, we got Leeds, we got Vela. We got, we got games in there where you're like, mm, it could be potential banana skins. Now they're not. Because in reality, Vela just lost recently. Leeds are a good team, and they're going to be open. So that's fair for us because we're playing against a team that's going to want to play against us. It's like fighting somebody who wants to fight. If you're the better fighter, you should win. You'll take a couple more knocks than you would against someone who doesn't want to fight you. You know what? You win. And you as a fighter, pure fighter, you prefer that. You prefer someone who comes out and actually fights instead of somebody who's just going to sit back on the ropes the whole time. That's what it is, right? So we're more optimistic going into that because going into this game, we needed a win. First of two league defeats, we needed a win. United had been in decent form after getting smacked around by Spurs, right? You know, they smacked around Newcastle, BPSG, Drew, Chelsea, smacked around Leipzig recently. They had their own injuries coming into the game, yet we had ours, you know. For me, I felt Luis was probably going to be available because no, there was no word on his, the, the state of his injury or whatever the case may be. And I realized now why there was no word on the state of injuries because I guess Mikel didn't want to be drawn into conversations about players and the availability and when they might be back because Rob Holders made it back. And that's powerful for us because a player like Rob Holders making it back as he did and putting in the performance he did, that changes the mentality for me about the club, right? Where before I feel like guys would actually have to be coaxed to playing when they were maybe not match fit. You know, when they were maybe short of match fitness, but, you know, they're physically fit enough to get into a training session. Rob Holders had one training session and he put in a performance, bro. Off of one training session, mind him not putting a performance and putting a shift. And that's what we need to see in the squad, bro. More of that, bro. Because that changes, that changes our mentality as we approach, as we approach this crucial stage of, of our, re, our rebuilding. You know what I'm saying? Is that we're in that state now where we're going to have to identify Mandem who are going to be part of this thing long term. We're going to identify an identity long term. We're going to identify a purpose long term that says, you know what, this is what we set out to do in certain fixtures and we can accomplish this. Because our biggest gripe before when it comes to building a championship pedigree squad wasn't always the, the list of fixtures. The list of fixtures were those results would come in relation to how we perform in the big games. Or sometimes we come off the back of a big game where we haven't won and go against a lesser team and lose there because we were under pressure. Now when we know we can go into those high-pressure situations and get a result, even if it's a draw sometimes away from home, we can go into the, the like now when we're talking about an Aston Villa leads, we can be in our minds, you know what, even if we get seven points out of those two games, I mean rather six, I mean four, four points, I said seven points, I was thinking three. Even if we get four points out of those two games, right, that's a good return from those two games. Although we should get six, cool, you take four. Because there's times when we could only get three or sometimes zero from that or one or two points. 
that change, bro, it's happening and we're starting to experience it and feel it where, you know, man, them, shout out to man like Ty. Man like Ty was like coming to this game, they fear us. And I was, I was in that camp too. I'm like, you know what? United have always respected us. And sometimes the reason they would beat us so comprehensively is because they respected us. Like that 6-2 was because they respected us so well that they smacked us. Or 8-2 rather, pardon me, because United fans will be honest about that. Like, y'all smacked so much, you forgot. Fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, y'all respected us so much that you knew we were weak at that time that we had to put a result past you. And you were ruthless. And I respected that about United because that's the United we come from, right? Where they were, they were relentless in their pursuit about how they did it. I feel United fans have to respect us a lot more because the arsenal they saw here is an arsenal that they haven't seen for the past 16 years. They haven't seen this arsenal for the past 14 years. You haven't because we haven't been this team. There was times when we were getting close to it or maybe showing, you know, signs of it or traces of it, whatever you want to call it. But nah, we put on. We put on this time. Like, okay, you know what? We're not going to be living on that false stone. We're not going to live on the past anymore. Let's live in the present future. Let's create our destiny, bro. And we're starting to see a team that is now resolved in doing that, bro. And the power it gives us as a fan base, the power it gives us a football club, now we can even revisit in things in January that we maybe wouldn't think right now. Go get a Hussein Moa. You know what I'm saying? Go strengthen this team in other ways that we need to strengthen this team. Let's, this Monday we can sell now as a result of this saying, you know what, we're a big squad now, you know what I'm saying? We can take that hit financially when it comes to certain Monday. Because, you know, even in the post-match, Mikel was talking about the energy that certain players are bringing to the squad, saying, you know, there's no egos here. Yes, you see the flash, you see the pizzazz you see the fun, but there's no egos here. These Mandem enjoy to win. They enjoy playing for the badge. They're given a performance every single game. That's what these Mandem are built for. And we appreciate that as a football club because that's what builds us and that's what takes us further, you know. So getting into the player ratings before we do that, it's literally guess the lineup was a better result for us this week, right? Because, you know, Mikel was a, a lot more adventurous in his mindset and what he wanted to do, and that gave us the result, you know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that. So we got 7 out of 11, which is pretty dope, and we also get a plus 1 for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, getting the, the formation right. <laughs> so it's a total of eight points, family. That's our highest result so far in Guess the Lineup. So shout out to us, man. Um, Brent Leno started in goal, our number one, our keeper. Shout out to DT. I know he and Kelechi had a little incident in the watch along. It was dope to see that energy and that passion, man. No lie, when I was listening to it and watching it as I was watching the game, it's like, yo, bro, I, I'm feeding off of that energy because I feel the, the mandem on the field also feeding off that type of energy where well, there's a different fire within the team now, bro. We can only build and go further off of that so burnt leno my keeper started in goal bro gave us a solid performance didn't have too much to do and when he had to do it he did it well and i appreciate that about burnt leno right now because it's like even when he has any drops those clangers and those performances aren't always where they should be level wise it's like you know what mandem atones for that you know this is the type of game where if burnt leno makes a mistake we probably will be sitting down saying hey you know what i know Emilio martinez conceded four goals but fuck that we need to go get ourselves a keeper because this is not working burnt leno put in the type of performance that says at the very least for this rebuilding process he can be our number one and is our number one and should be our number one let's build from there right so solid performance from Bert Leonard because he didn't have way too much to do like we said and when he had something to do he did it well there were chances when you know there was a chance or two that came in the first half earlier what is the 21st minute around when United were breaking and they broke and our our high line was exposed just a bit and he pulled off some great stops and I like that he pulled off a great stop there he was commanding and more to that, you know what I'm saying, he allowed the defense also to press and play well with the high line because he's not, he's not really highly regarded for his footwork and his ability to play off his line as a sweeper-keeper yet. He showed that, that ability to say, you know what, I've seen what Runison provides the team. I know what direction Mikel wants to take the team as it pertains to a sweeper-keeper and that 
identity of having a high pressing line and the goalkeeper almost playing like an, an extra member of the back line. So that performance and that energy and that spirit where he had his head up and that's what you want from your number one, bro. It's a solid eight from Leno, bro. We fox with that. Rob Holder started and it was a surprise start, but a welcome start, a most welcome start because every time he's played in recent times, Rob Holding has put in a performance. Injuries haven't gone his way where he's been unavailable sometimes yet. He came back after one training session and put in a freaking shift, bro. And that's what we want to see from our right center back, bro. Because now we can see a future where Gabriel has a partner in the transition phase to Saliba coming in. And Holding is a perfect squad player to have. Ideal squad player. Because mind them was fight. I mean, there were headers in there where you're like, my goodness, Rob Holding, bro. You, you haven't even trained for so much yet. You're coming back and you're clearing the line. You're being accountable. You're marking your man. He was pulled out of position a lot of time, drawn out of space a lot of time. Yet he was accountable, guarding his man, bro. We need more of that from Rob Holding. So that's a solid eight from Rob Holders. Welcome to see him start, especially knowing Louise may be out for maybe one more game. Mustafi's a player we don't want to see to get in too many games, you know. So maybe on Thursday, play Mustafi, rotate to bring holding back in the league games and that's what it's going to be man i like that and it gives me again that that confidence in our back line like our back line is solid bro we can trust our defense right now and it's because of the man that started a center back at the heart of that bro gabrielle mcgarless bro like moment of thanks for that bro solid performance from gabrielle mcgarless man like i don't know what else to say about it you know, Mandem can talk about how, hey, you're lucky to still be on the field. Same thing for Rob Holding. I don't want to discuss that because, like, in honest regard, bro, the referee refed it fair on both sides. We had Gabrielle and Holding on yellows, and they played for about 60% of the game on yellows. And then Mandem can still look at it and be like, they had Fred on a yellow. Maybe he should have also gone as well. Fuck it, bro. Everybody stayed on the field with 11 guys and still saw a competitive game all the way down to the wire, bro. That's what you want to see, some parity in the officiating, bro, because our players can then do what they got to do. Because Gabi, like... He was, he's been the catalyst for me, I feel like. I think Mikel is the start of it, of the most cynicalness about Arsenal. And it's not cynical in a very crass way. It's cynical in a smart way. It's sportsmanship, bro. It's knowing when, it's knowing when to give up the fouls. You know what I'm saying? It's knowing when to pull a mandem back and say, you know what? This is going to lead to a pass that's going to open up our back line. And the foul that could happen there could lead to a red card. This is just a yellow. If at worst, it's a yellow on the halfway line. I'll take that and play the rest of my game smart. I can't get dragged out of position too much. Gabriel played the whole game accountable, so did holding. And I give him a nine because of that because he's he's borderline my man of the match because of what he brings to that back line i'm solid and confident in the fact that we're probably going to be top three best defenses this season because right now i think we're sitting on the best defense now after this game after villa conceded a couple goals or maybe we're still second i don't give a fuck bro gabby has surefied that back line and now all we have to do is add the key pieces that he needs right tierney playing at left center back maybe long term might not be the thing so getting somebody who can play there long term is going to be what we need so tierney can play at fullback i know that dynamism with him and Saka in there and all of that. Mikael likes that right now yet. We'll get to it. I mean, it's, 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 it's not always going to work out for us sometimes. You know, can give the team what it wants, but it will be at the, at the cost of individual players. You don't want to cut your nose to spite your face because these individual players long-term also want to develop and see themselves become world-class players. You know, and they're still very young, so it's, it's hard to make a young player acclimatized to a role where you could go to a 33-year-old Ashley Young and say, I want you to play left wing back. But to go to an 18-year-old kid that came up his whole life playing as an attacking player and tell him, I want you to play left wing back, it's a very different transition mentally, physically, everything, bro. So I I think Mikael is also learning about that, especially as a result of these games where 
some of these decisions they're working for the team sometimes you're not always in the best regard for the player um tesco Kieran tierney man shout out for him man because that was a brilliant performance yet again for a guy who we don't reiterate enough that he's playing out of position as a left center back he's more suited to be a left wing back and yes technically the the system allows him the room to do that there are times when he could be caught out bro if he wasn't defensively as sound as he is and it's probably one of the best defensive sound left backs we've seen in a while because for all of ashley cole's brilliance defensively he wasn't as great as he was going forward and we loved him for what he did going forward that defensively he grew into a player right and his pace always helped him out in those regards tierney has good pace not great pace and he still gets into those positions where he doesn't have to overstretch himself he doesn't always have to be caught wanting in that regard right he can cover the ground that he needs to cover in that space he can overlap he's got the engine to do that i've been saying for the past couple of weeks that he's gassed you know Yet he's playing and he's giving us performances. So that was a solid A for Kieran Tierney, man. More to that, bro. More of that because that's one of the players that's helped short up our defense. We can talk about Gabriel all we want, but what Kieran Tierney provides, bro, you can't, you, can't even, you can't even quantify that, bro. It's a man's family because he literally gives us that calming head in defense where, you know, at the very least, I'm going to get me my seven, my eight, or my nine. If Kieran Tierney gives you a six, that's because Kieran Tierney just shouldn't, maybe shouldn't have been playing that game. You know what I'm saying? When he's right on, he's, he's right on it, bro. So I love that about him. Hector, I thought, was good but not great. Defensively, I actually think this is what got him his rating because offensively, aside from winning the penalty because of the run, I feel he's... We were talking about it at the start of the game, right? With a couple of homies saying, Hector's good going forward right now. He's returning back to that old Hector. And defensively, the reason he's so good going forward is because defensively, he trusts himself and he trusts his back line. Now, when Hector's doing that, I think he has to start getting more confidence in his final ball and delivery because that's what let him down in this game. We could have had an assist or two. Yes, there's moments when Abume Young's maybe run should have been timed better, but I think Hector's ball should be more sometimes, I'm trying to pick out the man than pick out the space. Because a lot of the time, it's hit into space and not hit into man. Where you're anticipating man running into space, yet sometimes man may be caught on his back heel and the defense will be anticipating you hitting into space. So he's actually going to be open where he is than rather where he may be in that time, right? Then that will get you the goal. The next time the defense thinks he's going to stay back, he goes forward, that gets you a second goal. We've seen Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson at Liverpool for the last two seasons, they were doing so well with that. With those variation in their ball, right? And they always do, I'm going to have the outlet, I'm going to be the outlet. Because in this game, Hector and Saka were our outlets, right? Where we coach United out a lot with the fullback positions and it was so beautiful to see because that's the tactical masterclass in Mikel Ateta. there's so much that goes into doing that it's not as simple as just saying to your fullbacks hey I want you to press this guy and then come into midfield when you don't have it now nah, bro it's literally like yo bro tactically when they are here I want you keeping the worth and then when they don't have the ball I want you to press centrally because on this side once they try switch it when we win the ball we have the overlap and we have the overload right that was beautiful to see so Hector gets a solid seven I'd love to see a couple more assists even when you drive into that, that midfield role where he's almost playing like a, a third central midfielder, right? I'd love to see him take a pop shot at it, you know, because Hector's got a decent shot on him or lay the ball out forward and then make the run. Whatever the case is, there's a lot more, there's a lot more we can see in that position. So I don't want to overrate it yet because that's not his best performance yet in that role, right? We're seeing a lot more of that Philip Lahm under Guardiola-esque, you know what I'm saying, responsibility and that free reign and in, in, in that right wing back, right center midfield. Now he can grow into his role because he sees the game very well, Hector Bellerin. And he's got the physical blessings to also play the game very well. So I'd like to see him do that, especially knowing he came up as a more offensive player, right? So now this is something that allows him to still tap into that in-game and still be who, he's, who he may be defensively as well, right? So solid performance from Hector Bellerin. Bukayo Saka, a player we like a lot, I feel was rather... Un 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 unproductive if that's the word right there was a lot of debate about as well his final ball right now and i think it's a result of 
maybe not wanting to overperform in that position because like, okay, if this is going to be my position at England, I've been kept as a left wing back. Now at Arsenal, it seems they want to only play me at left wing back. They want to play me for the forward. We started Willian, you know what I'm saying, on the right side. We could have started Saka up there and played Isley Maitland-Niles at fullback, right? So it's one of those things where I feel Saka maybe needs a one-on-one with the gaffer where there's a conversation that if this is a transition thing where Saka's going to play left wing back just for another season and then we see what happens with Pepe there. Saka's learning how to play left centre midfield as well. That could be where his career ends up being for Arsenal long term when we play with a midfield three and that implores us to have a more creative outlet in midfield with a midfield three, right? That's a better conversation to be had because I think that frees Saka up to now give all he has for the season or I can get I can finish the season with a couple of England caps under my belt and a young player of the year not having played out of position so when I play out of position I'm a superstar because you saw what happened with, with Alaba where Alaba was moved to left centre midfield early as a kid then transitioned as a left wing back I think under Pep right and never got out of that because he played so well that he's made his careers that yet when he plays for Austria they kind of want to see him in midfield because they know he's one of their better players same thing for England where you can play him at left wing back all you want in the next five years, you're not going to have another midfielder come in and do what Saka can potentially do going forward. You have guys who are good, Emil Smith-Rowe and them, but Saka gives you something totally different. You don't have a left foot with that versatility, that range that gives you so much. You have Jadon Sancho, beautiful. You have Raheem Sterling, beautiful. Complement that with a Saka going forward with all these other kids that are coming up going forward, and you have a lot more there. So Saka got a six for me because I felt he could have, he's had better games and he's always going to, in my mind, have better games than that. That's the floor for a Saka game where he was... He was involved in the play. When you check his heat map, again, we played to the left, to the left, like Beyonce. Shout out to Troops, you know what I'm saying? May you travel safe as well, Troops. He like, yeah, just a little segue. Troops heading out to New York, I think probably today. Shout out to him, bro. It's been great engaging with somebody when, when it comes to Arsenal Fan TV who's transitioned from this digital platform to go do something even greater in his life, continuing with the digital years, but impacting society as well as he's done. So shout out to him. Shout out to Don Robbie as well for giving homie the platform, man. That's just beautiful to see across the board for us as content creators all the way here in Africa. Africa, bro, to see that, that gives us light and motivation, inspiration to keep working beyond the limitations, right? So, yeah, man, shout out Troopsy. Saka gets a six, man. I'd love to see more solid performance from Saka. And in time, we will get those again once he becomes acclimatized to what the role is going to be long term, right? Thomas fucking party time, bro. What a performance for me, my man of the match, because... Next to the guy who he is playing next to, that's our midfield fulcrum in the sense that that's where the spine truly was. Gabriel gave us that with holding and tyranny. All that should be there, I feel, sometimes in games, right? Or most times in games where your defense should be solid where, yes, the one odd mistake can happen in a game, not two, three like we used to have. And then we can still go get it at worst a draw, right? We made a mistake in the game, we still get a draw. When you have a midfield that is competitive and a midfield that can neutralize opposition midfields, you have a chance to win games consistently, right? Because most teams right now are built around solid midfields, right? Or more creative midfields or midfields that are where their game is won and their midfield battles where they try to win it as coaches, right? Um, Oleg and Asosha came into this game playing that 4-4-2 with the diamond. And it was one of those things where if you're not tactically adept enough, you can struggle against a diamond 4-4-2 because you don't know what time that is, you know what I'm saying? So it's got you in different places and it's got you just moving differently yet. Ateta adjusted well to that 4-4-2, right? If anything, he brought something to his team that made sure that Ole had to change his formation and strategically just had to approach it differently. That's so dope to see because over time we'll start to get to a place where teams are literally coming to the game having to respect us from the start. Ole was a bit disrespectful by playing that 4-4-2 diamond because he thought he'd have the overload in midfield and Mikel was smart enough to push the fullbacks in and be adventurous and dropping the center forwards, you know what I'm saying, deeper to, to mark the central midfielder and then press the, 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 the wide forwards further in to guard the center backs, right? And that's a whole different way tactically to approach the game because now when we 
potentially win the ball. We have more players in advanced position than we would if you sent Lacazette to go press two centre-backs or whatever the case is, right? So that was beautiful to see across the board, man. Partey, beautiful performance. And again, just what he allowed us to do, pressing so high in midfield, right? And giving everybody the freedom to play their game, giving the defence the freedom to play their game, willing to like call that ball in, in pressure situations, get it and turn on the half turn and give us an outlet, right? Man of the match performance from Thomas Partey, bro. Brilliant performance for me, nine. El Neni, bro, Mohamed El Neni, bro, like, our oh, Messi, bro, like, that's just a beautiful performance from Mohamed El Neni, like, again, it's one of those things where justify why the manager picks you with the performance, and we as fans can never question the manager or the player, that's, a, that's the epitome of that right there, because El Neni was picked by the manager saying, I wanted a certain energy in the team, and I knew Mohamed would give me the energy in the team that would be effusive, where his positivity would come in handy when we maybe don't convert those chances early on, but we still need to keep going, Right. What was so crazy to see is that Mohamed El Neni early on in that in those phases was our best player. Because of that, he kept going. Even when things weren't working, he'd, a pass would go forward, wouldn't work, he'd go try to retrieve the ball. Party would lose a pass, Mohamed El Neni would be the one running back to try to retrieve the ball when Party was probably the one who was supposed to be playing deep in, in, within the two, right? That was beautiful to see because you realize any other midfielder in the squad needs to watch that and know that's the blueprint. It's not just about how good you are. It's about how good you are for the team, how good you are for the cause, right? Because you can be good for yourself. If that doesn't work for the team, then you're not going to be playing many games in this team. And I like that because we're talking about a team. We're not talking about individuals anymore. And that's what we come for, bro, as fans. So we don't want to be thinking, thinking, oh, this guy's not playing, so we're not going to have a result. Nah. Or this guy's playing, we're not going to get a result. Nah. It's about the team. You know, even if you shit, bro, you're going to still have a good performance for the team because your shit ass can't cost the team. The team's good. You know what I'm saying? And you playing here, I cool. You, you lucky enough to be here. Fine. Let's, let's get a performance out of you. And I like it across the board because now Elneny has now worked himself into that position where long term, he's still young enough to be a squad player for us. And I like him as a squad player because he offers us so much versatility. He's growing his game every single day, bro. We're seeing him play forward passes. You know what I'm saying? We see him become a leader in the squad, bro. We need that because in a game where you're playing uh, an away game third round and you're playing against Bristol City and you're playing some kids, and then he can wear that armband and you know I will get a result. It may be 4-2 and it will look crazy at the end of the game, but we got the result because our positive energy was there, right? Willian started on the right side ahead of Nicola Pepe, which I personally was not a fan of at the start of the game. That was one of my only critiques for Mikael where I felt like, you know what I'm saying, bro, like Pepe has now started to come into his own and play well, and then something happened in basically the one training session y'all had. What the fuck, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's an outlet for us, especially being left-footed playing on the right side. Like, what's going on with that? I know he says he, he likes Willian as well. It's a lot more like Elneny, the energy he brings to the squad, but Willian's delivery was poor early on in the first half. You know what I'm saying? His set-piece delivery has been shit. Like, everybody talks about paper set-piece delivery, pardon me, set-piece delivery. No one spoke about William after this game, bro, where, like, we've got a set-piece coach and there's so much movement that's going on in the box. All you got to do is hit your zone or hit your man, bro. And it's not enough coming there. And again, it was one of those things where when the signing happened, we said, bro, I can't deal with a 33-year-old guy making these mistakes because there's no growth in that. You know what I'm saying? If it was a 23-year-old guy making that mistake, I know next week he'll be better. So I'd like to see Pepe get those looks, you know what I'm saying? Because of that, I'd like to see even Saka get those looks ahead. If you knew you're not going to play homeboy, you're not going to play Pepe, play Saka ahead of him because Saka will put pressure in that situation. That's why Pepe's got no pressure because he knows it's him or William and William's not going to be good enough to keep him out the squad. He's not good enough to keep him out the squad right now, bro. Peak William is a different conversation. Like, peak William puts away that freaking chance on his left foot. The one we all say, like, Pepe buries that. I don't care what you say all game. If Pepe gets that low back heel from Aubameyang open, right, right side of the box there with the keeper sprailing oh my goodness bro that's gonna be halagasha and we gone you know what i'm saying early 
and we didn't get that from Mawilis because that's not his natural position. I like the fact that he tried it on his left foot, knowing that's his weaker foot. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like Mawilis should be playing on the on the left side, and we'll get to that now. But yo, that was a six for Willian, bro, because we deserve better as Arsenal fans, especially going forward when we're starting to create chances, but we're not gonna score many goals like this. This is a stopgap measure, so I'll deal with it. That's why it's a six, because we still got the result despite the performance, because whatever limitations William had in the game, he didn't let it limit the team. We, we got that assist by, by penalty from Bellerin running, because William did what? He got on the ball on the left wing, pulled off a few step overs, unleashed a forward pass, and Bellerin's there in the box. Pogba brings him down, right? It's those moments where you realize, okay, cool. If Pepe learns from that, Pepe's going to be unplayable. Because he could do that step over Pepe and actually cut inside while, you know, Hector's dragged him there. The space is there, but sometimes he doesn't always see it that way. So William might seem like the guy who was quasi Pepe's uh, guru, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at it this way. This is how I see the field, right? Because William can do that at the very least, where he can put himself in the mold of a guy who can play with both feet pretty well, right? So I'll put myself in what Pepe should do in this situation. And that was dope to see. So that six may seem tough for him, but... That one move, that one moment there justified for me why he's in the team and why he's in the squad and why he was playing. Yet those other things are what is affecting the performance, right? Where if you get one of those set-piece deliveries right, bro, that's an assist. You know what I'm saying? If you get that one shot that you had on your left side right, bro, that's a goal. Now we're talking about eights and nines. So that's a six for Willie's dog, but hey, man, it's what it is. Uber started down the left, which I wasn't really a fan of at the start of the game, personally. Because I feel Uber should be playing down the middle, especially when you realize that Laka is not going to be scoring too many goals. Again, if we view Laka in the right gaze that we should view him and not as a center forward that should be scoring us all these goals, but like as Liverpool fans did with Bobby Firmino, like you are center forward as it pertains to our team structure. Our inside forward score more goals than you. Our midfielder score more goals than you. Our fullbacks maybe even score more goals than you and create more goals than you get. You create the play that leads to the goal. So we will respect you for that, right? And that's what Lacazette brings us. So Aubameyang playing down the left, I get it in the sense that if he plays like we played today, or yesterday rather, where Lacazette, where, where Lacazette and Aubameyang are allowed to link up more in that central striker zone, right? And that's where Uber was getting his chances. I think he's not as used. I mean, there's the one chance where he's bending away, he's fading away, and he tries to bend it around the keeper and the defense. And it was a chance where you're like, shit, if you get these chances regularly, I know you're going to put those away because you put those away. You're not used to getting it in that position. You're used to getting that chance further closer to the box. Right now, you're further into the box a little bit out. You know what I'm saying? So you're more central out than on the left in. And that's a different shot to take. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you train for that other shot than this one here, you're not trained to do that because you don't get those looks too often. I know over time he'll improve. Dispatched the penalty with a plum and stepped up and took it as confident as he ought to do as our leader, as our captain, as our striker, right? And I love seeing that personally because that changed as well the energy in the squad where we knew we were going to have to defend after scoring that goal. That's why that huddle took so long and everybody's talking about like, yo, take yo time with it. Shout out to Usmanda. That's what it was literally from the moment we scored the goal, right? It was like, yo, my G's, take your time with this shit, bro. We're going we're gonna to make sure that we get this result and we're going to savor this shit because we don't do this shit too often. We don't have to sometimes run to the corner flag too often. We don't have to go blocks of four too often. But when we do, bro, we're going to show y'all how to do this shit. I'm going to show you how to do this, son. That's how it was, bro. And that's how it's done. So I love it because one of the most... Okay, we say Uber 7. Sorry for not giving him a rating. One of the most important parts about how we played and how we pressed was what Lacazette did, right? Taking the responsibility of being the one who drops deeper and tracks Fred. 
and sometimes get on McTominay when McTominay gets into that into that number 10 zone, right? That was beautiful to see because I'm like, oh shit. If Lacazette is willing to sacrifice himself for the team, knowing everybody else is going to be talking to him about, at the end of the day, you didn't score or whatever the case is, yet he knows his performance in that in that line there was one of the reasons why our attacking line at the very least looked better than it really was in, in hindsight, right? Where our attacking line was better pressing the ball than we were when we had the ball. And that's okay when you can get the chance and put it away, right? So like I said, solid performance across the board for him. I think maybe some more goals in the games will help get his ratings up and get his the viewpoint around him up, you know, just the energy around him. But right now, if we just start watching the game for what Lacazette offers tactically, you know, we do our post-match analysis, we see, you know what I'm saying, just how Lacazette affected the press and all of that, we'll appreciate him because it takes a lot to do that and it puts a lot into he puts a lot of work into it. You know, Aiden Ketia does the same thing. So not going to rate the subs because Mandem didn't have to do too, too much in this game as well. Mandem, who we rate though, like shout out to Mikel, our tickers, bro. It's a solid nine because tactically you got a spot on, you know, going with the back three, going with El Nini and Partey in midfield, my G, going with Laka knowing that we're not going to be fans of that and doing what you got to do. It would have been a 10 if you went with Pepe because I know we would have won this game by three or four if Pepe started because everything Citrus Paribus stays the same. Pepe in this mixture, bro, oh, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect one, bro, because you can literally insert whatever you want to insert in the squad. It can continue, right? Because holding can be subbed out for Saliba or Luis, depending on availability, right? Tesco Tierney can play the season at left centre-back. Saka can Play left wing back alternating with Ainsley Maitland Niles. Hector and Suarez can alternate. Partey will always start in that position, knowing it's going to be either Ceballos next to him or Willock next to him if you want to be more adventurous. On the left, you know what I'm saying, it's Thomas Salt and Pepe. we good over there. You know what I'm saying? Then we can alternate. So maybe sometimes Saka playing up there. William in case of emergency down the middle we know we can play Laka or Uber on the left if Uber's not playing Nelson Martinelli we have a squad now going forward bro so I mean we have predicted a 3-1 win for the squad we've got a 1-0 win I'm not going to be too peeved about that bro we don't get the points for that but we got the points for that so that's what it is bro yeah um after 29 Premier League games and beating away at the top six Arsenal have finally done it we went to the fucking theater of dreams and nightmares and we came out with a win and that's our reality they gotta have to live with it until the next time they gotta see us and that's what it is bro so come on you goodness bro shout out for the brilliant win thank you thank you yet again for the players thank you for Mikel to just putting in that performance man making sure Monday more accountable shout out to y'all for listening this has been when Highbury was home a loud booth podcast presentation I am your host true story please like and subscribe rate and review us on all DSPs where you consume your media content and yeah, man, enjoy it, bro, because it's hard fought, hard earned, and we deserve it, man. We went, we went a while, 14 years without a win at Old Trafford, my G. 14 years is a fucking long time to go without a win at Old Trafford, my Gs. And we got it, and now our energy can change approaching those games. No, you know what? We got a chance to win away at these mandem, right? We can go away at these mandem confident, like, you know what? We have it within ourselves to get the performance, bro. And that's all we ever wanted from our squad, bro. We just wanted to be able to be competitive enough to have a chance at it. Because we know we're good enough to have a go at it when it comes to winning things, right? We've seen, we've won an FA Cup, so that's cool, bro. Now we got to be consistent enough to win league titles, to win Champions League titles, bro. To win Club World Cup titles, bro. That's what we in this for. You know what I'm saying? It's not for the small little accomplishments no more. It's like we thinking big time. We thinking Kenny big time. And we have that within the squad to do Kenny big time now. 
you know. So adding a few more marquee players in the next couple transfer windows, developing some of these younger guys to fit into this puzzle holistically, backing our data basically, you know what I'm saying, and knowing that we're building the infrastructure around him as a gaffer to be able to pull this thing off, right? Now when we plow the energy and the resource within him as a fan base as well, right? That's all we can do, bro. That positive energy, that positive vibe. Let's understand the tactical decisions when they're made sometimes. Yes, we know we, we give ratings and shit like this on the show. But at the end of the day, when the, when the lineup comes out, once it's out, it's out, bro. And we're just going to back them on them. That's how it goes these days. Before, you couldn't even do that because you knew this shit's going to cost us. Now you know the gaffer's going to stick behind his decision. At the very least, he's going to come out and be accountable at the end of the game. Like, I got it wrong. And that's all we ever wanted as well, bro. Like accountability from Mandem all the way down from chairman to the fucking cleaning staff lady, bro. There's got to be accountability, accountability to the football club, you know. So shout out to the Mandem for showing accountability and may we continue to grow in this essence, you know. Continue to grow in this culture of winning because it's dope feeling to win, bro. It's effusive, man. It changes the energy around the place. Now we can walk out with our chest high, you know what I'm saying? Chest out, heads held high, you know what I'm saying? we got to win against United. And we can go get wins against these big teams now. Man, that's confidence boosting. So again, man, thank you for joining us. For joining us. Pardon me for my little rant, man. I'm just amped up, though. You know what I'm saying? Go hit me a zoot and just celebrate this one. Because this has been a dope result, man. So this has been When Highbury Was Home. A Loud Booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Please follow us, like, subscribe, rate, and review us. You know what I'm saying? Send out your love. Contributions. Donations. <laughs>